way. Oh, say much I'm glad. From the international headquarters of the Sword of the Lord Publishers and Ministries here in downtown Murfreesboro, Tennessee, this is Making a Difference, and I'm Dr. Shelton Smith. It's our joy to welcome you on this Friday. Got the weekend straight ahead, and uh, we're going to finish up this series on I Am. We've been looking for two weeks now at two things, the I Am statements of Jesus and the I Am statements of the Apostle Paul. We learned, looking at the I Am statements of Jesus, a number of definitive things about him, about who he is, who he was while he was here on earth. We also learned from the Apostle Paul a lot of things that uh, really ought to be a part of our life as well. Where he said, I am, we should be able to say I am in pretty much every single one of those times. Yesterday, we looked at his I am statements in relation to a life in ministry. And today, I've entitled this message, I am a finisher. And we'll be looking at 2 Timothy chapter 4 in just a moment. Let me remind you, the National Sword of the Lord Conference is coming in July, July 17 through 20 at Gospel Light Baptist Church in Walkertown, North Carolina. Folks are coming from all over the world to be a part of that, and I hope that you'll certainly be there, be among them, and be with us for that great conference in July. Also, this weekend, I'll be at the Faith Baptist Church in Imperial, California. That's down in the low desert, right on the U.S.-Mexican border, and I hope that many of you who live in that area will plan to be with us this Lord's Day just ahead. Now, we're going to look today at uh, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 6, 7, and 8. Verse 6 says, For I am, and there's the I am statement, For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. Now these three verses are loaded with things that really ought to encourage us, ought to strengthen our hand as we serve the Lord day by day. Here in this case, the Apostle Paul was incarcerated. He'd been in jail for a while, and he knew that things were not looking good. He knew that he was soon to be martyred for his faith. The end was in sight, and he knew that it was coming. On one hand, any time that you have something like that that is pending, and you know that it's going to be terminal, it's a very sad time, very sad occasion. On the other hand, it really turns out that his statement here is not an epitaph at all, but it's a victory statement. I mean, he's not just uh, laying out the details of what he did, but he's also looking forward to what's coming. And so, yes, it is on one hand a very sad situation. It matters not how old that a person becomes. If they are still able to live and breathe, then we're all glad for that. But in this case, he knows that that end is about to come. And so he's not only talking about what did happen, how he lived his life, but he's also looking forward to what's going to come afterwards. So, yes, it's a sad statement, but it's also a victory statement. And whenever he says here in this statement, I have finished my course, it tells me that he is well aware of the finish that's coming. And I want to say to you today, for me, for you, for all of us, finishing should be our intent. I mean, 
for us to start something. And a lot of people are good at starting stuff. They start this, start that, start something else. And three months later, six months later, a year later, 10 years later, they're off on a totally different track. So you and I need to look at not just starting, not just sticking for a little while, but we need to look at being a good, solid finisher as well. And so I want to suggest to you that finishing should be our intent. And even more than that, finishing well should be our goal. We ought to be looking not just at coming down to the end and saying, well, I've done this and I've done that, but to be able to look at it and say, well, we've put that together and it's done well, and we want to finish up and finish up strong. Now, as I indicated, some people start, but they don't finish. You'll remember that passage in John chapter 6, verse 66, where it says that many of the Lord's disciples went back and followed him no more. Oh, they had uh, listened. They had learned. They were watching carefully. Now, one of the things you need to remember, the term disciple in the New Testament simply means a learner. Sometimes it refers to those who've also been converted. But there are other times when it just refers to the crowd who's tagging along. They're listening. They're learning. But they haven't signed up yet. They haven't really come to Christ yet and trusted him as Savior. And so some of that crowd... They were tagging along. They were learning. They were paying attention to what he taught, but they were not happy about it. And so some of them said, hey, that's too much. Enough's enough. We're not going any further. And so they became dropouts from, in effect, the school of Christ. They became dropouts, no longer wanting to listen to what he had to say. You'll remember in the Bible, there are some people named, like Demas, for example. The apostle Paul said about him, that he had forsaken him. Well, he signed up, but did he get converted? Well, who knows? Uh, We don't know the long term of this. Maybe he was like Simon Peter, who had a glitch and came back after a little while. But on the other hand, some of these folks just tagged along until it was no longer comfortable, and then they decide to do something else. Uh, Alexander the coppersmith, another example mentioned in the Bible. And there are still today people who get on board, They may even get baptized, they may join the church, but they've never been converted. And because they've never been converted, they're not born again, they have not really put their trust in Christ and made the commitment to Him that they ought to make, but they're just thinking religious ceremony or religious affiliation is all they need, so they will go along for a while. And uh, the first time somebody uh, maybe insults them or the first time that something goes sour in their life, Well, they're off and gone, and you never see them again. Now, let's look at this matter of being a finisher. The Apostle Paul said, I am ready to be offered. I've fought a good fight. I've finished my course. I've kept the faith. And he's just telling us that he is finishing, and he's going to finish well. So let's look at some things about this. First of all, let me just say a finisher must be a starter. There has to be a point where you begin. And whenever you think about being a Christian, you think about serving the Lord, you must start and start right. That means beginning with the gospel and getting born again. If you do not get started there, you're not started right, and you're going to miss heaven. You're going to go to hell. You're not going to wind up in the ministry like you should serving the Lord. And consequently, I'm just simply saying it is very important that we all start right. Now, in the second place, You need to start right 
by being obedient to the Lord. Whenever we think about the Christian life, a lot of folks say, well, I got saved, but I don't want to be in church. I don't want to get baptized. I don't want to do anything the Lord orders up. Well, the Lord does order up baptism, not in order to go to heaven, but he wants to see something out of you that demonstrates your willingness to publicly identify yourself with Christ, and that's the method that he's chosen. That's the first step of obedience for a believer is to put their life on the line and make a commitment and get baptized, and then also, listen, the church, it's not an optional thing. It's God's idea. You read through the Bible, it's there, and the Lord wants us to be engaged in a local church, and it's all a matter of obedience. You think about following the Lord's mandates, about the clean life, about living a straight and clean life, doing the things that a Christian ought to do morally and uh, philosophically, all of that is laid out in the Bible for us, and we should be obedient. That's starting right. And not only that, we just know that a Christian should be somebody who has started right, and then you have the opportunity to finish well. Second thing, let me point out here, a finisher will stick to his commitments. If you're going to be a finisher when you get to be 100 years old, or 90 years old, or 80 years old, or whatever, if you're going to be a finisher at the end of your life, you're going to have to have some stick-to-itiveness. You're going to have to have determined that you're going to believe God, you're going to listen to what's in the Bible, you're going to pay attention to the things that the Lord would have you to do, and you're going to do that faithfully, you're going to do it fervently, you are not going to let yourself veer off the path. You have a fixed heart, as the Bible references it, and you're going to let yourself stay fixed on the things of the Lord. A finisher will stick to his commitments. You know, when my wife and I married, I said I do, she said I do, and uh, for a lot of years, we have been married to each other. You say, why have you been married to each other? We committed to each other. Uh, Whenever our children were born, uh, you know, we were so thrilled that we had a daughter first and then a son, and uh, we made commitments. I mean, in our heart, we didn't have to have a ceremony for that, but whenever they were born, listen, we were locked into those two little birds, and uh, we thank God for them to this day. Why? Because we're their parents, and we have a commitment to them as their parents. And of course, then there's been grandchildren, and then there's a little great-granddaughter now. All of that, I mean, it's just a strong part of who we are, what we're about, and the commitment of our heart and our life is right there, and it never wavers. It never lets go. And those kinds of commitments are the things that every one of us need in relation to the Lord and how we do things in reference to Him. And let me say in the third place, a finisher is somebody who is willing to say no. You're going to have to say no to a lot of things along the way. There are going to be times when people are going to offer you things that are just pure distractions that will take you down trails where you don't need to go. You say, well, what do I do? Say no. There will be other times when the devil himself will tempt you to do things immoral, tempt you to do things that are crooked, tempt you to do things that are off the norm from what a Christian ought to do. You say, what do I do when the devil shows up? Tell him no. Just absolutely tell him, no way, you're not going down that trail. There are other times whenever, as a Christian, you're going to find yourself facing discouragement. There's always things that will try to pour water on your plans. I mean, it'll try to rain on your parade. And whenever you get discouraged, you're soon to be defeated, and that is not a good thing at all. So whenever discouragement shows up, 
Don't give it a place to lodge. Don't give it a place in your mind, in your heart, in your life. Say no to discouragement. Uh, there are times when you will try things and things that are very important to you, but you will fail at them. And when you do, I'm talking about the finisher. The finisher looks at it and he says, failure is not final. I'm not going to let failure drive me into the ground. No, that's what we need to say to failure. There are other times when people are going to come to you with scams, and they may even hornswoggle you into believing the scam may cost you a lot of money. I mean, all kinds of things could happen. But whenever you spot a scam, what do you say to it? You say no to it. There are other times when maybe because you've been hit hard, there have been things that happened in your life, you're going to say, I mean, I feel some bitterness coming up in my soul. When you see bitterness beginning to develop, tell it no. Put it to one side. Let the Spirit of God work His precious work in your life, producing joy and love and peace and all those things that the Spirit of God produces. And we just need to learn to say no to all kinds of things if we're going to be a finisher. Now, one more thing here. A finisher never quits. That means no matter how deep the valley, no matter how much your feet are stuck in the muck and the mire, you're going to say no and say no when you need to say it, and you're not going to be a quitter. But instead, you're going to keep plodding along, keep driving forward, and doing what you know to do every step of the way. The Apostle Paul said, I'm ready to be offered, and there's good things coming because the Lord's going to provide for me and reward me. And because he did that, listen, I'm telling you, there is just something to look forward to no matter how dark the days may be. So we're going to look at some new things come Monday. I trust that you'll join me then. I hope you'll have a great weekend. Do pray for me when you think of it. And write me a note. I'd love to hear from you. Write to me, Dr. Shelton Smith, at P.O. Box 1099, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, 37133. The email address is radio at swordofthelord.com. I look forward to seeing you Monday, so plan to join me right here. Until then, God bless you. Have a great weekend, and goodbye for now.